0: everybody uh, this this episode um, I'm excited really excited about it it's uh, gonna give you a little bit of insight into us um, as a company beyond Dogbone. bone um, we're not going to talk a lot of dog stuff in this one it was part of a podcast that we did with friends of ours uh, Tom Rainey from Browning Trail cameras Derek from hunt the break we did it down at Deerfest. We've filmed, we recorded one podcast, and we've decided to break it into two. Uh, one of the podcasts specifically covers dog bone, and we've we've posted that one already. That's the last one. We posted that, and now what we are going to do is have a second part, which breaks down another part of our business. Um, Another brand of ours, uh, it's called Hodeg. It's a product called the Hodeg Licking Stick. If you are a deer hunter, I think you'll be interested in it. Um, It's something that we've worked really hard on since 2007, Uh, so it's coming up on a little bit of, of time. Um, but it will sh- I share the story kind of behind Hodeg um, and-, and give you a little more insight to it. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, like I said, we break the mold a little bit with the format of this one, um, but I don't think it's any less interesting, especially this time of year um leading into the fall so i hope you enjoy it um do me a favor if you would continue to to listen continue to support continue to send us questions we're sitting down we're going to be recording several podcasts here this morning um but this is one that is exciting uh, for us to be able to bring you so enjoy it uh, and let us know what you think
1: good afternoon ladies and gentlemen here we are day two 10th annual deer fest here in west bend wisconsin Tom Rainey here from Browning Trail Cameras with the Break Pride Podcast with Derek Dernberger. And we have my good friend, Mr. Jeremy Moore here. We're going to talk about both of his companies this afternoon. We're going to talk about Hodag Lickin' Stick and we're going to talk about Dog Bone Hunter because they're both interesting to me because I don't know anything about either one of them. Well,
0: I appreciate you having me, big fella.
1: (laughs) It'll be fun. So uh, I guess let's do, we'll, we'll uh, let's kick off talking a little bit about Deerfest real quick. You know this thing is something I've been to for about six seven years now. I think I may have did I meet you here? I think I probably met you at Randy Birdsong St Jude event first, that right? Was the
0: first time, yeah. But Deer for us, Deerfest. Uh, out of ten years, last year is the only year we didn't actually have a booth. Yeah. So it was, and it just was a scheduling thing. But um, yeah, first time we really met was Birdsongs. <laughs> and, and we really met. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know we did. I mean? <laughs> we were fun.
1: laughing earlier. That's a, that, that event's next week. That's a, such a good event. We raised so much money for St. Jude. But you do meet a lot of people oh, at that yeah. event. <laughs> never a disappointment. Birdsong and his social circles keep everybody moving. <laughs> so, what we'll start with today. Let's we'll start with the hodag looking stick. Yeah. Actually, what I want to start with is... Well, the first thing I asked uh, yeah, what's, was a, what's say? a Hodag?
0: Sure. Uh, that's a great question, Derek. Uh, so it means nothing. Uh, hodag actually is... So I'm from a really small town in Rhinelander. Or named Rhinelander. It's in northern Wisconsin. Um, so we do a show like this at Deerfest in Wisconsin. People actually will recognize Hodeg. They, I think they think it's a country music festival that we went to because uh, <laughs> there is a Hodeg country music festival. It's probably the what Rhineland is really well known. for. That's a hoedown in Tennessee. Exactly. Uh, but Hodeg is it's it's a strange story, but it's a mythological creature that uh, in the late 1800s in Oneida County, Wisconsin, which is way up north, logging community. Um, they're a big paper community now, but. Uh, they had a guy come out of the woods and say he captured this animal and he brought it to the oneida county fair he charged people a dollar to come and see it he put it in a little tent it was dark people would come in he rigged it up so that it would make noises it scared the people they ran out and more people came in and so this guy made a living doing it and what ended up happening was uh, the Smithsonian wrote a letter and said we're gonna come and see this whole because we've heard about it and he had to basically say I made it all up. So from that point on, Rhinelander was known as Hodeg Country. Um, I'm from that hometown, and it's a weird word, and so when we were thinking about building this this product line, our, our shift went to don't build a product, build a brand. So we called it Hodeg, and from Hodeg, we, uh, we've, we've created the licking stick, and then the licking stick, we've got some other products that we've got in line behind it. So.
1: <laughs> we got Rutt Daniels over here holding court. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I have to
0: laugh because my son uh, really likes the guy, loves this, right. loves this guy. My son is like, dude, you got to see this. And, <laughs> this is a rut. And so,
1: and so, so
0: I had to have my son meet the rut himself because uh, legendary. Seems, seems, like a good <laughs> seems
1: like a good kid. I don't want to interrupt what you're doing. I'm a celebrity. You're you, ha- you. you have to go shoot that world class hoyt. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yesterday she let me down but she won't today. <laughs> well, good luck. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your yes, sir. Good luck. Hey, good <laughs> uh, I love that guy. It's
0: hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the story behind Hodeg. It's just a it's just a a, a name. Uh, from the small town that I'm from right and uh, I like old stuff and I like history stuff and and so we decided my partner and I said we had to come up with a brand instead of a product and so the licking stick is really our our kind of our our flagship product under that line Um, but our our intentions and in what where the direction we're gonna go probably with our patents and our patent coverages is to create this product family which is really sent communication for deer Um, in in an effective way I I, I love, so we've we've used some of the Browning Trail cameras in the last couple years uh, as major marketing tools for us because that product um, what I love about that product is it's so visual Mm -hmm. but uh, a trail camera to me is a very valuable tool it's only as valuable as what I can put in front of it so if the deer doesn't go in front of it i don't get the good picture i don't get the good video and so um that's where that product line marries up so so closely to a trail camera um but it our, our tagline is inventory pattern and hunt and we feel like that's exactly what we're doing with with
1: these i uh, like it inventory pattern hunt
0: yeah simple you know hey man i, I like the
1: way that is because usually mine is hunt because it's not kill because i can't shoot and i can't well, see and That happens too, <laughs> occasionally, you know. so hunt's an appropriate word for me yeah
0: so who, how'd you come up with the idea? It's a, it's a neat system yeah. you have there. So, so the story behind it was years ago, uh, 2005, 2006, we were, we were putting in a food plot. Um, and it was in prop on a piece of property. It was actually a buddy of mine that was doing it. We would put this food plot in, and we dissed it up. Now, so we're talking small food plot, kill plot, really, is what I think most people would refer to it as. I mean, we're talking like eighth of an acre, maybe smaller than that. It was in the woods though, and it was kind of thick. Uh, it was like a popple slashing. It was just real thick, small undergrowth. And we dissed it up, and we used ATVs. It was that small. And by the end of it, you know, when you first work a food pot up, it's not very clean. It doesn't look as pretty as a, a worked field. So this is exactly that. Lots of roots, lots of um, little saplings. Well, we got most of them, but there happened to be this one sapling that didn't get this under. And we're talking a sapling like an, uh, three quarters of an inch diameter at the base. So it's not very big. It's five feet tall. And so I seeded that. We seeded that food plot out, and we came back and we realized that nothing grew around that sapling. None of the none of the seed. And I, I thought it's really strange. So we put a camera on it, um, and on a relatively small piece of property that I had back then it was 80 acres. Uh, I ran enough cameras that I felt like I could recon- I would recognize just about every buck that was you know, two years older or older that I could could say that is this deer consistently. Within two weeks, every deer on that pro- every buck I could recognize was at that at that stick, and they were they were interacting with it. But I had my camera on, on pictures, and so it was like, why do they come to it? I don't know. Well, we, we realized we didn't really care why. We just wanted to know, could I do it somewhere else? So we, we rigged up a bunch of different prototypes where we – I'm a dog guy, so we used a screw-in dog stake, and we put a stick in it, and I had just drywall screws in it. And I'm trying to figure out how can I hold these trees up where I want them. Um, we ended up getting through a lot of different prototypes, and eventually I, I – was at work one day and I thought what about a spring like if a spring held this thing up and so I went to a hardware store I bought one I had a buddy weld it up for me so we ended up we we transplant we put these trees exactly where we wanted them and we wanted to see if the deer would come to them and I think it was a curiosity thing I think it was something where they saw this visual change and they were curious and so we started putting them where we wanted them put cameras on them and all of a sudden we're getting one deer to come touch it, then another deer, then another deer, then another deer. Again, not knowing exactly why, but, and this was a while ago, and when I I googled it, you know, scrapes and rubs, everybody knew about them. Uh, Greg Miller wrote that book in the 80s. You know, hunting hunting rub lines and scrapes. and um, You know, that was real common, but licking sticks are different, and so I ended up talking with a guy um, that's a deer farmer. uh, He's a deer farmer. He raises deer, and I told him about it, and he goes, yeah, they use them all the time. They're not rubs or scrapes, they're just licking sticks. Yeah. And these deer, they deer, they communicate and they keep tabs of the other deer with it. So we figured that's kind of what we were doing and then we ended up evolving the design of it and we decided to make it the easiest, quickest way to put these things in, take them out, and basically program or, or, or condition deer to go to a spot. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's real natural for them to do that. That's how deer communicate. So the difference, a big difference is, is it's does, fawns, it's bucks, it's, it's all year long. They're not just using it during the rut. Um, I got pictures of fawns that are a couple weeks old. Like, I mean, they're spots, they're, they're little, but they come up to it and they almost play with it, like a little cat, play with a little toy. It's really interesting to see the different, the way different deer interact Sometimes a deer will come up to it and really work it. Sometimes a deer will come up to it and they just touch it with their gnomes. Uh, so it's, 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 it's interesting, but what it does is it's literally maximizing my trail camera. Yeah. And for me as a hunter, it also, I run into, the, like, my wife shot one for North America. We do some stuff for North American whitetail, and my wife shot a buck with a rifle, in, you know, November 17th or whatever it was in Wisconsin. And that deer came to a pond, drank out of a pond. And then he walked over to the licking stick. And there was another buck there. And so they almost became a little territorial about the thing. And he, she, he that buck kind of walked off this younger buck, bristled up. It was real cool footage. And then he turns and he goes back to it, and my wife shot him. Okay. So from a hunting standpoint, it actually can play into a value there as well. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it almost came because of accident. Like yep. we accidentally left a little sapling, and it happened to be the thing that triggered the the idea of, I wonder why the deer are doing this. So.
1: It fascinates me. Like I, st- I still think that I'm still convinced, probably no, not probably, wrongfully so. That like I stuck a bunch of those out in my field, the deer would like leave the county. They'd be like, "What is this crap well, out here?" You know, it's interesting.
0: It's interesting because a lot I, I do think that it's it starts out visual. Yeah. Like, I mean, we put scent. I make a scent. So. This this was this evolution that was, that was of, what
1: I was going to ask you is like yeah. is, you make do you make the sense that you can like put on the licking stick and, yeah
0: I, we call it all season scent and the reason we do it is because we don't want people to think it's driven by times of year right um, so it's it's a it's and, it, and I'll, I want to be really clear it's not glands there's no secretions there's no urine it's nothing to do with deer or any animals it's not food. Uh, it's not designed to be consumed. It is merely a, a curiosity scent that creates physical interaction with the deer. And I know a lot of people, oh, you don't want the deer touching that because the CWD and all that. I'm in Wisconsin, man. I'm in the heart of that stuff. The reality is, deer, and this is a huge debate, a big door I don't want to necessarily open up. But the reality
1: <laughs> don't is. Don't worry, is we're not smart enough deer, to walk through it. Deer
0: <laughs> use licking sticks in the wild all the time. Mm-hmm. They communicate. That's the way they communicate. they've Their bodies are built for it. They're, they have a buck has eight scent glands. A doe has seven. Four of them are located on their face: nasal, sal- salivary, preorbital, forehead. Those four are on their heads for a reason. And so that's how they communicate, keep tabs of each other. But when we, what we're doing is replicating what they do in the wild. But I'm doing it exactly where I want to. One of my best ones is a. Uh, one of my best-looking sticks is on a food plot, and I sat in the stand for two years and watched deer go to a stick out in the woods, like at a distance, 100 yards away, and they go up and they touch this stick, and I go, why are they Why are they doing it? It's not a rub. It's not a scrape. It happens early before they're rubbing and scraping. I'm seeing them in mid-September doing it. I see them all through the season go to this spot. So finally one day I just walked over to it. And here it is. It's a, it's a hardwood. I don't even know what kind of tree it is because there's no leaves. There's no branches. It's smooth. It looks like a pool cue. And it's about the size of a, you know, it's about one inch in diameter. And it's just polished up. But it's a tree. And it didn't break it. And so I was like, damn, that's a, that's a spot they always go to. So what? I clipped it off. I put it in the base, our spring base. I put it in my food plot, and I anchored it in front of my tree stand. At 20 yards now all of a sudden i got a 20 yard yardage marker built in <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> but every deer found it and they just kept coming to it and same so all i did was move meat. it all i did was move what they were already doing in the spot that i wanted when we put them in new we're we're stimulating the, that action in a new spot and so they see it hey if you go home if you go home on you're gonna be home monday mm-hmm. Okay. If someone put a tree in your yard that wasn't there when you left, trust me, you'll notice it. And now, I don't if, know, how am I why not? <laughs> now, okay, in your living room. Let's yeah. say something it's in your living there we go. room, right? As uh, long as it's not
1: between me and the TV. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna
0: notice it, and that's what happens is deer notice it, and then by us putting that scent on it, we're simply, we're all we're doing is triggering the physical interaction for them to touch it right and, and that happens through the scent I, it also happens you know there's there's some tactics to it I like to use a tree that has I don't leave a lot of leaves on it because it blows in the wind it trips your it trips your camera mm-hmm. so I don't leave a lot of leaves but what I will do is certain certain trees basswood is one of them that I have found the deer absolutely love the leaves on it so when I anchor that base and I put a little piece of basswood in it the does, the fawns, the bucks, they all come up to it because of visual curiosity. But then they eat the leaves off of it. Like within a day, all the leaves are gone. So I always leave leaves on that one. And then by them eating it, they're hitting it with their saliva glands. And so whether they like it or not, they're scent marking it. And then it's the key is I don't want to refresh that scent. I don't, I don't want to have to go in there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, with the evolution of cell cams now where you don't even have to go in the woods to check them. Uh, but I, I don't have any of those, but I go about once a month in the summertime to check my cameras. And so by me having something that they consistently go to and once a deer touches it, then the next deer wants to touch it but the next year wants to touch it. It just snowballs. And so by the time I get these things going, they're self-sufficient. Yeah. You know, bait, minerals, first off, they're illegal in a lot of spots by where, where I hunt, they are illegal. Um, and it seems like there's a trend they're, they're go- It's going that direction in a lot of places. The thing about bait is i think you can get really good pictures on bait the problem is by the time i figure out a pattern on any deer he's got me patterned because i have to go back and consistently put the bait out yeah this is self-sustaining this is something that you let the deer do the work for you and you delete you,
1: you leave them you leave all your setups up year round yeah
0: and anytime i have a camera I do now
1: how long do you have, how long will that you okay so you cut the sapling or the branch down you yep. put it in there how long will it T- totally Be effective, for totally, lack of a better word. Totally
0: depends on the amount of interaction you get. Mm-hmm. So the more interaction, the more stimulates more interaction. So, like, the physical touching part of it, they will use it more. Right. As far as how it stands up, that's where the spring comes in. So the spring, if you have a rigid anchoring point, they'll break it off. Between the weather between the deer and the bears and anything else that get into it like we have videos of bears that come up to these <laughs> they grab a hold of them and they roll over on their back and they play with it but then when they let it go it stands straight back up because it's on a spring and that's where the design of the spring comes in where it saves these sticks from getting broken off and so how long will it last you know different trees last a little bit longer hardwoods always last the longest but i've got pop i use Popo a lot um Aspen, we call it aspen, but we call it popple around here. But a popple dries out and becomes pretty brittle. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have some that depending on how now as you get into like October, mid October, through November, they're gonna start rubbing on the bucks will start rubbing on it (laughs) and they'll start scraping it. And I have we have video of deer that actually they get their horns into there and they, they start to shred it and they'll they'll kind of like turn their head and crack the stick. A lot of times that happens. And so, as long as the deer continue to use it, if it breaks off and it's high enough that the deer can still see it, they'll use it. Uh, if they stop using it, I just switch the tree. I yeah. just put another one in and I resent it. Um, but I, you know, how long? I have that one, that original, like that, that real licking stick that I found in the woods. This is on its third year. Oh, no kidding. And I, if I could clone it, I would because <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> like it just it gets the best interaction. So, um, my, my partner Scott, he's down in Iowa. Uh, He's got land in southern Wisconsin, too, and he told me, he said, I am going to bring in, when this tree gives in, because he's got one that's just like the best tree ever, and he said, when it gives in, we're going to put it in glass, and we're going to frame it, (laughs) because it's like what what helped build this company, um, because that tree has just always worked really well. So just depends. The dogs find you. Yeah, man. I'm just the whisperer. The, strange <laughs> yeah. random the dog. All these me. people in this room. That dog walks straight over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Whatever. <laughs> he knows where to go. That's right. Uh-huh. How long does it typically take for deer to start interacting with it? Great question. Uh, I have had some that look perfect and they don't get any, they don't get touched. Uh, I. My, my thing is always, if there's deer... So this isn't something designed to draw deer to an area. It's something you put in an area that the deer are generally using to begin with, but this puts them in a spot. So it's for that inventory, it's for that patterning, and then for hunting. So if I'm getting a bunch of deer on camera, but they're not touching the stick, I realize I need to change something. So there's a lot of options. You can change the tree. Um, I have put out certain types of trees in certain spots, and they get ignored. And I think a lot of people have run into this, where they put one thing out, it didn't work, and they go, "It doesn't work." Yeah. I got to tell you, every time I rattle the antlers, the buck doesn't come charging. Right. But I know, <laughs> but I know rattling antlers works, but it's got to be the right scenario. Mm-hmm. And so I have, I, I look at it as, I got to find the right combination, whether it be tree type, whether it be when we scented it, whether it be the time of the year. There's spots where I could put out a licking stick right now. And I'll get a ton of pictures on it. And then about September, right around September 1st, when the bucks go hard-horned, all of a sudden I don't get any bucks on it anymore. It's because they're not living there that time of the year. Mm-hmm. They've dispersed. They moved on. Uh, you know, Crops get taken off. There's spots that I can put a licking stick that works really good, and then all of a sudden the corn gets harvested and no deer go there anymore. So there's all these different variables. But I really think that you put it out... You give it a couple weeks, and if you're not getting the interaction that you think you should, now that doesn't mean big bucks. Like all I need to get is deer using it. Because if you, I have one spot behind my house that I never get a buck on in the summer, never. I don't think any bucks live around here. I mean, where I where I live, there just aren't a lot of bucks. They get shot. You, know, you don't get a lot of mature deer when they're all dead in the back of a truck right. as a nubby. So it's a struggle. But but when we're I'll get lots of does. And so I have some doe families that live in that immediate area behind my house. It's safe. Um, They'll fawn there. They'll raise them through the summer. So as long as I got the does using it in June, July, August, I'm good. Because as soon as about mid-September to early October, every year, all of a sudden, one night, there'll be two bucks coming and then another buck comes, and then another buck comes. But the reality is is I've got three or four mature does with fawns that, that use it during the summer. They live there. They're not going anywhere. The bucks relocate. They move. They disperse. And all of a sudden, about that time that the bucks start thinking about does, if the does are there using the stick, the buck comes. And so I have to be very patient on those spots. And it gets a little bit frustrating because I'd like to check the cameras and find a good deer on it. but i just over years and years and years i've realized it's not going to happen uh there are other spots you know that some that are hay fields i don't put a i don't put them in the hay fields until the farmer takes last crop well that's usually september right so i will put one out as soon as they cut that last cut i'll put one out and those deer are used to coming into that hay field they're conditioned to come into the hay field and all of a sudden it's like that scenario where one morning they come and there's a new tree or one night they come and there's a new tree, they're curious. They get downwind of it, they smell that scent, they start to touch it. So they're just, you know, and then there's little kill plots that are way up in the woods and I use them year-round. I never, I pull them out when we disc it up or when we mow it, and yep. then I put it right back in. And so that's the nice part about being fast, quick, and easy.
1: Hmm. It's pretty, int- I mean, the whole thing, the whole concept of it's interesting, but you said something that actually resonated with me about how it's not meant to, Draw the deer into an area because the first time I just saw the video, I, I yeah. hadn't even talked to you about it. I didn't know what it was. Like my initial thought was like, why is the deer coming into the area? Right. To, so so that explanation, as brief and as, as simplified as it is, right. helps resonate and makes sense to me because then you put it like in high traffic areas and you totally. kind of learn yeah. how to use the sticks. Because I mean, I think that be a that's a learning curve for me is yes how to use it. Because I would venture to guess that. It would be dictated maybe by what kind of saplings we have on our property that they yep. might be familiar with. If it's a poplar, because that's what yep. that's what we've got a lot of poplar, a lot of oak. So if I have those hardwood saplings, and i to use those. Maybe they might be more likely to right. use the stick. Right.
0: I think you know we've gotten I've gotten feedback and I've talked to people and we get messages and I've I have had some people message me and they're just terribly disappointed and I go, you know what happened? Because I want to help you. If you're not getting pictures, send me a message because I'll tell you what I would try. Right. And I'll, I'll, I had a guy send me maps of his land. And I said, here's what I would try and here's what I would try and this is what I, I have him send me pictures of it. So I can say this, I would change this, I would change this. But anyway, I had this one guy that, that messaged me and he was just terribly disappointed. Uh, and I and I so I get, I dug into it with him, and I'm sending him messages back and forth. And he said, you know, I saw all these big deer on these videos, and this is why a lot of our videos we don't, a lot of our videos are going to show does and fawns too, because mm-hmm. the reality is, is, it's not all big deer. But this guy said, you know, I saw all these big bucks, and uh, I put it out, and I'm not getting anything like that. And I said, <laughs> really? And I said, well, wh- what, you know, what are you getting? He said, well, I got a lot of yearling bucks on it, and I got a lot of does and fawns, but nothing mature. And I said, well. How many big mature deer do you get on camera, off, not on the licking stick? None. I don't get any. And I said, "Well, Jesus, man, this son of a bitch isn't going to make them old. Like it's just going to yeah. help whatever deer you have. You're going to get pictures of, but it doesn't. It doesn't all of a sudden, you know, draw mature deer out of nowhere. So, I do think that people have to have realistic expectations, and you have to understand that, um, you know, this this will work." This will work as well as you put it into play and where you put it into play.
1: It's funny you say that because that was actually a portion of our trail camera seminar that we just did was setting realistic expectations. Totally. Because, I mean, that's important with all of this stuff. Absolutely. Like How much prep work you do on the front end? What are your expectations? Let's manage those and effectively. It's, it's
0: overlooked. I mean, and I get it because, like, I mean, just trust me, I've, I've, I consume as much marketing as I can for mm-hmm. lots of different reasons. And there are certain things that I see out there that get me really excited. And the reason they get me excited is because they paint a picture that I envision myself living mm-hmm. in. And, I, and then I realize the ugly truth of, man, I just don't live in that scenario necessarily. But the, perp, the function of whatever it is, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not working. It's just working differently in accordance with what you're putting it into play with. So that, I think that's something that people have to realize.
1: Now on the licking sticks, do you see scenarios where maybe two or three different bucks are coming in, really leading up to breeding season, where they try to establish dominance? Totally.
0: We call it guarding the stick. We end yeah. up seeing, we yeah. see. So here's here's one thing that has become really valuable: video, mm-hmm. as opposed to pictures. Now I know it's a pain to check. Trust me, <laughs> yeah. I know it's a pain. It takes a long time to look at these videos. Right. But here's the difference between when you have a, and this is what I found. When you're checking a card that was on a licking stick, you realize that, you real quickly if it's, if it's something that's actually going to interact with the licking stick, or if it's just something else that's at a distance or trip trip this camera, but if you got a camera on a trail and it and it's and it starts your know, video and you're watching it and there's nothing there, you got to watch the whole 10 seconds, the whole 30 seconds, right. whatever it is, yeah. because you don't know what's going to come in night nine times out of ten maybe it's even more than that is it's not exactly what i wanted it's not as what i had hoped the 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 nice part about video for licking sticks is first off you if you don't have it on video you miss a lot Mm -hmm. so like you were talking about this dominance thing we got a lot of video where there's a buck that will come up and work the licking stick and you can see there's other deer with him and all of a sudden the video is playing and all of a sudden the deer are running around the food plot and this one buck is chasing the other one away and then the next video, he's coming back to the licking stick and he's touching it again. Yeah. And then it, it chases the other buck off. And then all of a sudden, that buck flip flops and comes in and he scent marks it, especially around when you're kind of leading up to pre rut. Yeah. And I just think what these deer are doing is jockeying to establish an area. Right. Yeah. And they're kind of claiming territory. But you would never you would never know what's going on without having video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and to me, video has changed the way I. Um, interpret deer information mm-hmm. because when you have it on video you know what way the deer comes in from and you know what way the deer walks off where if it's a picture you don't always get the true, the true right. story I've, I've literally put cameras on the same post on, on the licking stick one on t- one camera on top of the other one on video one on stills to see if I really saw the value of video I'll never run a camera on a licking stick I'll mm-hmm. never run a camera on stills because I just don't see the whole picture
1: Yep. I can see that. That was uh, that was also kind of a topic we put in on that seminar where we were talking about pre rut. Like yep. if you've got a picture, you see the buck, you see three does. You don't know what's going right. on. Right. If you're running totally. video pre rut, you see him when he starts to tend. You right. see him when he starts Absolutely. getting aggressive, and all of a sudden you've got more information. Absolutely. So it's the same deal with the licking and sticks. I mean, it's super cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, well, that's like, there's like, that.
0: Those 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 cameras that I have. Uh, what's the one that's got the viewfinder? viewfinder? Uh,
1: I think I think we've got the either this. I think you've got the Spec Ops or the Recon Force advantage. Recon Force. It's advantage. one of those it two. Is.
0: Yeah. So first off, I really like it from the positioning standpoint because I, for me, I need to make sure it's got the licking stick position right. Got a frame. I don't want it, it yep. on the left or the right. I don't want it because I want it centered in the frame so that I can get as much information all the way around it, right? So that little viewfinder helps me do that. Really, I really like that. But what, what's cool is the volume. You get the audio. Oh, yeah. And now I got these bucks. <laughs> I, I might not have a, anything in the film. Like, I can't see anything on the screen. But all of a sudden, you hear... Burr, 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 burr. And he's getting closer. And I'm going, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> and, and then he goes through. And I'm going, this is just cool. Oh, I mean, yeah. It makes... it makes. I've gotten weird about cameras, man. I, I enjoy the camera part yeah. almost as much as the hunting part. Oh, yeah. Like, I just love this idea of being able to put pieces together and then and i you know and you know but i've got kids and my yeah. kids on and i find i find it i find way more value and, and enjoyment out of my kids killing deer than myself these days yeah. and so for me I, this is how i get my fix is the idea of figure these deer out using those tools yep um and then ultimately be able to kind of Bring it full circle. Yeah, um, I still love eating them. Obviously, so <laughs> I still get to do that. But uh, I, I, the the shooting part, uh, to me, I just had this conversation at our booth with the guy about having having young kids kill big deer Mm -hmm. and i've had some people say oh you know you spoil them and you can't i the hell with that let him (laughs) shoot let (laughs) let him shoot them all because because one guy was telling me yeah and this kid doesn't understand it now he's you know he's 12 years old and he killed this big deer and i said yeah but he's hooked for the rest of his life yeah you'll never lose him as a hunter yeah so you know that's a separate subject but i just think that that's an important part of it is for me i get to do everything and then tee up my kids oh hell man yeah. my dad could have done that for me he'd have done it we just yep. didn't have the opportunity i do why not do
1: it right i'm just walking uphill both ways to school snow barefoot well you talk about shooting deer so that gives us an opportunity to segue here but before we do that where can people find you on the internet? Is it Hodag Lickin' Stick? dot com.
0: And then all of our Ben's, all our social Hodag Licking Stick. Yeah, so Hodag Licking Stick is all of our social tag. And that's H-O-D-A-G. Names. Yeah, yep, yep.
1: So if you're looking for him, you, he's got social platforms on Facebook, Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. Uh, yeah, because YouTube would be a good place to go because of those videos because oh, they're so man. cool to go through and those.
0: We're, we're, uh, we are so heavy in video because this started our first patent was in 2007 we had a second patent in 2015 but um i st- we start like i have picture we have a little we do a little uh we, we have all these little i don't know they're not really commercials but they're little video things and promo things and we have one one that's really kind of i think i don't know i think it's kind of funny but it it talks about how things a lot of things have changed when it comes to scouting deer and so we show this trail camera that was like one of the first ones i ever had that did video and it was like earth-shattering back then to get video like it was like yeah. i can't believe we're getting a video of a deer and it is the most pixelated blurry ridiculously <laughs> bad video but we were so jacked when we right. saw these deer interacting with the licking stick and so but a lot of things have changed so then we we show this video on a browning and it's like the most high def uh it's like i'm watching a movie it's like i'm in an aquarium swimming with the damn deer and so we 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 show that but the reality is is these you know the licking stick for us has been it's been a 12 year 13 year thing that we've developed and then uh just just recently because of resources because we're a small company and with dog bone it was our focus and um we didn't. We 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 established ourselves. We tried to establish ourselves from a distribution standpoint and a manufacturing standpoint. All those channels first, and then lick and stick kind of followed suit. So we're deer hunters, man, and I'm just. Right. A, a, it's all the stuff we do always leads back to deer, deer or dogs. Yeah. And we're, right. a very simple life. <laughs> and there's our perfect segue, <laughs> yeah, right? Yes,
1: Because what I want to do is just anybody's listening. We're going to do a reset, and then we're going to give you some bonus content because the reset is thelickingstick.com you can find information there you can go to instagram facebook and youtube HodagLickingStick. licking stick that's h-o-d-a-g
0: i love opportunities like this i really appreciate you guys having me um giving me the chance to kind of share our story i think that's um i find a lot of interest in other people's stories yeah and so i thank you for letting us kind of share ours
1: well, it's our pleasure. I don't know that I've got any more questions. I think you've got me satisfied for this afternoon oh, here yeah. at Deerfest. Oh, Festival. This was great, yeah. I cool. think this will be a good cool. one. So,
0: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you stopping by.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, for sure, once again, Mr. Jeremy Moore with The Licking Stick, and you can find him at thelickingstick.com. You can also find him on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Hodag Licking Stick. He also has Dogbone Hunter, and that's dogbonehunter.com. Dogbone Hunter on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So if you got any questions, you want to find anything out about both of these brands, check those out on the local interweb. And I believe that's going to do it for me and Mr. Derek Dernberger for today, the second day, 10th Annual Deer Fest, West Bend, Wisconsin. And we will hope to see you on down the trail.